1: who has served a variety of organizations, ranging from those with just a few employees to those with over over 10,000 employees. And he's developed corporate leadership, onboarding and communications programs, as well as employee engagement, culture and time management systems. And in addition to his corporate experience, as a professor, he has taught masters and doctoral students in leading organizational change, corporate training and development, workplace motivation and attitudes, organisational behaviour and management, leadership and supervision styles, organisational culture and so on. He's also created courses in statistics. I won't be taking that one, sorry, Jeremy, but courses in statistics, research methods, leadership, psychology and human resources courses for national and international clients. And he has founded a national organisation for industrial organisational psychology practitioners. And we're going to be talking about that today. C-box. So firstly, Jeremy, thank you very much for coming along. Thank you for having me on, Ben. Yeah. And uh, we are closely aligned on LinkedIn. We're very busy um, in in similar places in the HR world. So I'm really looking forward to our conversations. Do you want to firstly tell us whereabouts are you based? Where are you in this world?
0: I am in a small town below Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, in the United States, right beside historic Gettysburg.
1: Ah, very nice. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, yes. um, So let's dive into things. Do you want to give us a little bit of context? I've described a bit of your background. In your own words, who is Dr. Jeremy and and what's your background?
0: Yeah, background. So what first got me interested in the field of industrial organizational psychology, this was back when I was in high school and and college. I was working at a factory that made parts for Yamaha and then Harley-Davidson. that was the main thing was, was getting off. And there were people there that were operating heavy machinery, getting heavy loads from forklifts from above welding, you know, operating saws, and they were drinking liquor on the job just to get through the day. And even as a youngster back then, I thought there has got to be a better way. So that's where it all started for me. And it just from there in terms of, managing experience and sales training experience. I've owned a couple of businesses and throughout my experience, just that drive to really help other people and also to help really get the name out in terms of help the branding for industrial organizational psychology and all the great things that can be done through data and analytics and so forth for organizations.
1: I'm sure there are people out there, they hear the word industrial and they Is that the Pavlov's dogs things that they go straight to taylor and taylorism so you're the opposite of that is that fair enough
0: well not in the states it's usually uh occupational psychology or organizational psychology so psyop the leading organization for io psychologists in the states decided not to drop the industrial so it's a little bit of a thing some people are not understanding why And again, that kind of leads in, some believe, to our branding problem because what is is IO psychology? It's the scientific study of the workplace. So it can be a mouthful, um, but for most people worldwide, organizational psychology will ring a bell.
1: Sure. So what is the scientific study of a workplace? What does that entail?
0: It entails everything from creating, uh, looking into data, gathering data, and figuring out different processes that can help uh, anywhere. So you think about anywhere from the individual to organization-wide, different processes that can be improved. We also look into, we also use personality assessments, you know, very valid ones that can be used for high-stakes situations to help with executive coaching for the C-suite. What we also do, which is very, very valuable, is we take that ability, and we use it for managers, and even when we go farther down the line in terms of different levels in the organization. So we can really do a lot of good in terms of, of coaching. IO psychology is very, very broad, and there are a ton of applications in the workplace, which can hurt sometimes with the messaging of the field. However, the really good news is, Every IO psychologist I've talked to, and that's very that's many, our, our number one goal is to help organizations. And we have uh, a sense of altruism about us, but the really neat thing is each IO psychology consultant, uh, practitioner or psychologist is really in a niche area, whether it be data and analytics, whether it be DNI, whether it be coaching, whether it be training and onboarding, whether it be looking strictly at organizational processes. And there are are so many out there. So whatever the organizational problem that is out there that someone listening might be experiencing, there's there's somebody who can very directly attend to that. Sure.
1: And you mentioned there's a, a branding problem, perhaps. What exactly do you mean by that?
0: It's interesting. So industrial organizational psychology has been around for over 100 years. So we're talking the early 1900s and every IO psychology person out there, when we talk about IO, a lot of the times, more often than not, we're met with, what is that? I don't know what that is. And then it breaks up the conversation because then it becomes the explaining part. So back in 2012, the Bureau of Labor, US Bureau of Labor Statistics put out a report and in of all the jobs in the US, the careers, IO psychology was going to be the fastest growing job until the year 2021. I'm sorry, 2022. So here we are, but without a proper introduction into the workforce by the main, uh, you know, governing bodies of of IO.
1: Right. So that feeds us into CBOC. That's the Society of Evidence-Based Organizational Consulting. So you founded this organization? Is that right?
0: That's correct. Yeah.
1: So what led you to the founding of this organization?
0: After talking to so many talented, talented IOs and very passionate IOs, one of the issues that go along with branding is, and without proper introduction into the workforce is, okay, so I'm an IO, I'm an IO and I have this degree and I have work experience, or I don't have work experience. It's so hard for them to get a job because organizations, are st- were, again the branding problem. What is IO? So how could they hire an industrial psychology practitioner if they don't know what that what that is and what that right. really means for their organization? Yeah. Now we're seeing more and more. There's there's lots and lots of government jobs that are coming out looking for IO psychologists. You know very specifically, and we've seen an absolute boom in the past five years of graduates in IO psychology. Uh, Five years ago, I could have thought that I would could count on my hand how many IO psychology consultants were out there, professionals mm-hmm. were out there. Now, if you do a search on LinkedIn, you see—I think it comes up with 171,000 people with IO psychology in their title. So there has been again that U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics report is correct. There has been a boom, but now nobody knows where to go, and that's where CBOT comes in.
1: Uh huh. So it's a. a- A point of entry for organizations who are looking for these sorts of skills and on the flip side, an organization that helps industrial organizational psychologists to disseminate their knowledge and expertise and get the word out there about what they can do. Is that right?
0: Certainly. It's a way for IO psychologists to, um, you know, expert members come in and build their brand. They can do their own podcast. Again, it's about branding. It's about getting their name out there, video channels, blogs, we hold happy hour events, and we're talking about really important issues. And our whole thing is really building a sense of community and belonging. Cause that's one thing that a lot of people have agreed on. That's been lacking in the IO field is a real sense of community belonging. Where do I fit in? And again, that's where CBOT comes in. They answer the first part of what you were mentioning. Corporations can, come in and they can really and determine who they might want to work with by engaging in our discussion forums and getting advice from our experts. Um, The corporate members get a number of free hours of consulting with an expert of their choice each month, which can help them decide, you know, either get some quick advice, build that connection or, Hey, this was very helpful. I have a much better idea of how, you know, you, or you, or you as an IO can help my organization. Let's take this offline. Let's work together. So there's different ways to connect and, and not only build the brand of IO, but build the brand of, of uh, experts in IO and also help organizations read the blogs, interact on the forums, listen to some of the podcasts and start to understand better. What can IO do for my company?
1: The phrase that comes to mind is that uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, so you're getting all the industrial organizational psychologists in there, enabling them to share their brand, their information, and so on, which only then extends their reach as a, as a field even further. Um, but also, you mentioned earlier that it's such a, a niche, uh, or there are so many niches within the field. they're not necessarily competing against each other it's quite a a perfect environment is that
0: it is it it is almost a perfect environment because there's while there are different niches there's also so many parallel and uh intertwining of, of disciplines and what io psychology uh experts do we look at the evidence that's why it's called the society of evidence-based organizational consulting there is so much evidence that has been accumulated over the past hundred years so much data so many hundreds of thousands uh, of studies that have been done on uh workplace concepts very different kinds of variables in the workplace that will help determine an organization's effectiveness and what we and it just sits there and what we do is we look through that that data we look at the latest trends and we help do we use that to help organizations understand and dive deeper into a particular problem that they may be experiencing. And with the uh, addition of business acumen that most IO psychology consultants hold, we're able to look at things not only through an IO lens, but also through a corporate lens and say, look, here's what the research says. D- let's dive deeper into the issue you're experiencing and then decide on a path forward. And that may include data and analytics, that may include coaching, that may include process improvement or workplace environment or culture changes. Got
1: it, all right. And I described in the beginning of this episode, some of the stuff you've done and how you've developed corporate leadership and onboarding communications programs, things like that. Uh, They are big picture items. What are typical problems, use cases that an organization would come to an industrial organizational psychologist and ask you to solve?
0: The the quickest one that comes to mind is turnover, right? So, you know, many, many organizations structure with that, with that employee retention. And it's so such a passion point for industrial organizational psychologists, because we see automatically there's so many different things that can be done on the core things that we work on. And we look at, again, it's the processes, it's the environment that that employee works on. And we do while we're, there, there's a strange relationship that we we have with HR, because part of the things we do can be considered partly HR, part of the uh, things aren't. We look at strategy perhaps a little differently, and we're always excited to engage the HR folks in and having these conversations. In fact, Steebach, we're putting out a white paper uh, fairly soon on that on that very topic. It's called Dawn of a New Workforce: The Science of Creative Problem Solving, Building Influence and Collaboration. And that focuses heavily on the new, the five top trends in HR and how we can look at that through, through an I.O. lens. But I would say recruiting. Supervisor development, I know is a one of the big ones that that companies struggle with yeah. and you know we all know the training and development budgets in time of financial downturn or hardships, they're likely the first budgets that get cut. So there's this uh, saying from a, a CEO I know and I know you heard it from someone else, but what happens if we spend all this time and, and yeah. resources training people and they, they leave? And the answer is well, what happens if we don't train them and they stay yeah. so i would say you know two things off the top of my head are you know process improvement for performance retention and uh supervisor development but there's a whole lot uh in there excellent that white paper is that been released or it's on its
1: way what's the deal with that
0: it is finished on its way and will likely be out within a week
1: oh brilliant all right so for listeners we'll have the hopefully the link to that In the show notes if that's okay jeremy certainly yep Yep. yeah great tell us about seabock itself so firstly let's start with the website itself what's the website address
0: it is www.seabock.com s-e-b-o-c.com seabock.com
1: seabock.com what are they going to find there both as an employer an organization and as an industrial organizational psychologist what are they going to see there
0: yeah, so we have different different membership types, either for, you know, we have one for corporate, we have one for recruiters specifically who are looking for IO talent. We have one for IO psychology experts. We're also making sure that we cultivate the future of IO. So we have student memberships as well, where we work very closely with students for not only you know school help and, and research skills, but also the job search, itself. We also have a membership type for those in the job hunt, those looking to enhance their career where they're currently at, or those who simply, you know, want to know how to deal with a a micromanager as a boss. So when somebody goes in, each membership has a different portal. So if you're in corporate and you're looking for professional development, um, you're looking at training and development programs, you're looking at, you need someone to come in and do the look at a certain department's performance and use data and analytics to find the gaps and see where those gaps can be filled. So you can come in as a corporate member and you have your own portal where you have access to blogs that are specific to you, uh, videos that are specific to you, events, services that are specific to you, and also forums that are specific to you where they can pop in and say, you know, and and say, Hey, I have this problem in the workplace. They post it on the forum or they want to just talk about something. They want suggestions and you've got IOs, you know, hopefully falling over themselves to provide answers to you without on being on LinkedIn and having, you know, pictures of cats and whatnot, which are always, Awesome to see, but sometimes a little distracting. So each membership has a portal directly related to what their needs are. And each type of membership also has a forum where they can uh, connect with the experts. And as far as the experts, the experts will see on the website, the different opportunities that they have to join in possibly uh, as a core member of our group to be able to build their brand through creating courses. Uh, and selling those courses through having their podcast, their videos, their blog channel, hosting events of their own, and also posting their services. So it's really a full one-stop shop. And again, the whole idea is we're bringing these five different membership types together to build that sense of community and belonging. I love it, especially on the branding side. I, th-
1: I think people think that branding is, some people think that branding is for- coca-cola or mcdonald's but some of the issues you were describing that when you hear of industrial organizational psychology uh, plenty of people or organizations may not get it and therefore they may not send work in that direction or they just may not be open to looking at new ways of sorting solving these problems so if you're a practitioner if you're an industrial organizational psychologist then branding means a, your, your personality and your skills and attributes and experience, but it's also about educating the market, which is what CBOX all about. You've got people in that field and all the sub-niches educating the market on what are p- problems that exist, what are potential solutions to those, and then gradually working their way down that buyer's, you know, the sales funnel, if you like. So yeah, Jeremy, I mean, there's just so much on the the website, the Seabok website, the the podcast, the blogs, the training courses, they're fabulous ideas. Are are people feeling brave enough to take up the podcast idea? Because it's a scary proposition at first.
0: Actually, yes, I have a full schedule and uh, did a couple episodes today. Um, One was actually on Uh, helping doctors uh, better understand patient care and even using psych assessments with that. Another one was understanding and helping uh, the disabled as a unique population and how HR and recruiters can look at that unique uh, population with their very powerful skills differently. So yeah, our podcasts are taking off now that we're having a little more time to focus on those. I've got that accordion effect kind of going on where We've got plenty, but we have to do the editing and the being pushed out. See, the podcast is called Work Cookie for anyone interested. It's on iTunes and, and Spotify and, and also on the website. Yeah, and we'll have the link to that one as well. It's an excellent podcast. Thank you. Uh,
1: so for people listening to this, what's your advice in terms of either if they are an IO psychologist or if they know of them, what, what's your advice and suggestions to them if they want to I don't know, develop their skills and also potentially uh, develop their own business practice.
0: This goes to the, your, your huge HR audience as well, who are attempting to and succeeding very well and building their own brands and their practices. Take advantage of your LinkedIn company page. That can be a huge winner. A lot of people shy away from it because they fo- people think that people focus more on groups it can be really good for engagement and LinkedIn will actually give you 100 credits a, a month to invite your connections and you can have other people invite as well. There's a lot of different things. And I'd be happy to have just a, you know, a, a simple chat with anyone who wants to know more, but it can be very powerful for engagement. And this goes back to exactly what we were talking about, Ben. Yesterday, 23 hours ago, we posted a very simple question, a, a poll. Does industrial organizational psychology have a branding problem? We posted this on our Seabok LinkedIn company page. And we've got 81, 100, 181 votes already. 90% say yes, 10% say no. So Ouch. when I speak of a branding problem, believe me, it's not it's not just my perspective. Um, but I would say, you know, folk, if you have an LLC, if you if you have a business, you know, do consider what you can do. And there's a lot of different tips and tricks that you can use for for that engagement. Continue to find people who are very passionate, very specifically about what you're passionate about. Have those one-on-one calls, know your market. So know your target audience. I've seen so many consultants, they don't know what they're, and selling is not a bad word. You know, I, I use selling in a term of, Hey, unless we sell something, we can't help other people out yes. with something that we have for and we yeah. believe in. Know who you're selling to and not just topical. Dig a little deeper. Um, a Good friend of mine, Sharon McLean, calls them, works in personas. So think about what their pains are. What do they grapple with? What do you think their, their daily experience is like? And really start to understand who your market is and if you're going after the right people and who would benefit most from your particular expertise and passion and make sure you know who that audience is. One last piece that I think I know has helped me out. Write down a list every morning. Think of three things that you want to become to do with your own own consulting business and it's not a task list it's not a to-do list for example you might say i am a networking guru and you (laughs) write them in the present tense you might write i uh after after my calls my my clients feel energized so it's really it's not a task list but it's who you want to become And these, when you write them down every day and every night, they have a way of manifesting themselves. And I have, I have to say a lot of the success that I've experienced and that CBOC has has experienced is because not, not only I, but also my team is in the habit of doing this. My list is now grown to 18. So it's a little (laughs) long, but they're very important to me. So I wanted to share that as something that might help with, with uh, guiding.
1: I really like that. What is it? It's more of a traits list really, isn't it? Rather than yeah, it's a more list. of
0: a, so if you're a terrible networker now and you want to get into networking, maybe you don't know how to network, writing, I am a networking guru. You know, you start doing that and it's the traits that you want to have. It's who, yes, it's who you want to become. Yeah. You're dead on, Ben.
1: Yeah um i'm gonna let you go soon but you did mention about this poll on linkedin which got a huge response so that's very clever but very interesting as well i have to know what's the answer you said what the poll said does io psychology have a branding problem what's the solution
0: that is the million ten million dollar question <laughs> and we're, we're looking into that i will be doing soon a call for I.O. stories. So one way to solve the branding problem is to get I.O.s to share their stories of actual things that they've done in yeah. organizations Yeah. so that they can say this was the this was the problem. This was the gap. This is as I an, as an I.O., this is what I led. This is what happened. This is what we did. And this was the result. And that, you know, eventually. We have a lot of big plans for that. And I think there's applications where that can go back to the academic side too, where there's IOs that can start to understand these better. Because a lot of IOs are going to school, they're getting master's and PhD in IO, but they're not getting that practical advice on now, now what do I do with it in terms of application in the workplace and consulting. So we will be doing a call for stories. And that's just one piece of the Branding answer and the other pace pieces are either classified or to be determined mm. which is why I mean why we're uh, engaging our audience to collectively put our heads together again community belonging collectively as IOs put all of our extremely talented heads together and fix this branding problem absolutely
1: like I said a rising tide lifts all boats so if you're listening to this you're an IO psychologist get in there get involved Uh, reshape the branding to help you and to help others. Jeremy, this has been fascinating and you've covered so much ground. It's been really good. If people want to learn more about you or about Seabock or about your own business, what should they do next?
0: Seabock.com is a great place to go. My own consulting business is Turnboot.com, Turnboot.com. And of course you can follow our company page on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. All right. Well, If you're listening to this on the
1: go, check the show notes for the links to all of those. But Jeremy, it leaves me just to say thank you very much for sharing your insights and advice to our listeners and with me today. Thank you very
0: much. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.